Welcome to the No Name Football Podcast, featuring former Chicago Bear legends Olin Krutz, Jason McGee, and James Big Cat Williams. Welcome back to the No Name Football Podcast. And on vacation, it's been a two-month. <laughs> I think January 12th was the last time we had a no-name football podcast. We apologize. Uh, old football players, we need an off-season, too. Uh, so, you know, we've been training, working out, getting in shape, mm-hmm. watching film. We haven't been doing any of that. <laughs> <Ain't doing nothing. laughs> I'm here as usual with my partners, man. First in the red corner, a man who needs no introduction the world over. Carmel Catholics head coach, Temple's team captain, nine-year NFL vet, overcame being an undrafted free agent, still carries that huge chip on his shoulder. We hear about it all the time. Potato chips. <laughs> That's the only chips I carry. Man. Potato chips, baby. My guy, man, J-Mac, oh. Jason McKee, <laughs> and in the other corner, the last guy drafted by Mike Dicker. Mm. 17-0-73, the prequel to the Chicago Bears. 12-year <laughs> <Toby> NFL, man. <laughs> Cheney Wolves, finest. Cheney Wolves, they don't, don't go looking for them on TV. They don't have a program anymore. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not laughing, Cat. That's a big dude, Cat. I'm not laughing, I promise. You. He, 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 overcame, he overcame all of that, James. Yeah, overcame laughing, all of that. James... Big Cat Williams. I feel like he pulled the shirt. You can't say that. Some hey, props, you know what I mean? Hey, you can't say that on a podcast. Man. <laughs> Whipping with sugar cane. <laughs> this is 2023, Cat. I figured yeah. I'm black. I can say that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. for sure. For sure. I, I, was, I, was, I was like, man, what's wrong with Olin today, man? He's about to give us some props, and then he started. I said, oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Just waiting on the bed. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? What's going on? I didn't I, I didn't want to disappoint the listeners, right? The no name oh. the no name football podcast listeners. Oh, I think man. really they just listen for the beginning. They want to hear yeah. us just get on each other. Yeah. But um a lot has happened, man. We knew that the Bears had the first round, the first pick of the draft, J Mac, they mm-hmm. traded, which is uh, a smart move and, and sign a few free agents. We'll get to all that. But just uh, your reaction to the trade of the number one pick of the NFL draft. Ryan Poles trades with the Carolina Panthers, gets some receivers, gets a bunch of picks. Uh, we know they got to rebuild this thing. Mm-hmm. We know they're probably not one year away. Um, so the picks, the money, the free agent money, all that stuff. Uh, just your reaction to, first of all, the trade. Yeah, I think we knew it was coming. So. You know, we're not shocked by the trade. I think more so guys are are shocked at how early it happened um, with the NFL combine just wrapping up. Mm-hmm. You know, you may have thought that the Bears may have waited uh, to make that trade, but they made it. You know, Poe saw an opportunity to get a good haul in terms of picks. Uh, you've got a proven receiver in DJ Moore coming that sweetened the deal. And mm-hmm. I think that's what really made him pull the trigger. So I'm happy with it. You know, I'm excited that uh, we get a player in that receiver room like DJ Moore. A guy has been proven. Um, a guy who has the productivity, um, especially with him going through the quarterback carousel who he's went through, who's went through uh, over there at Carolina. He's played with a lot of different quarterbacks, but his productivity hasn't slipped. So you know what type of player he is. So I'm excited about that and, you know, how it went down and what we got in return. 
Yeah, in, in in our podcast, we just got a crowd. We don't we usually have a crowd in here. <laughs> right. A little, little nervous. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> here, here at the gym, the, the listeners are, what the hell are they talking about, man? Uh, uh, Big Cat, your, your reaction to, well, to the trade? I thought I think it's a good trade. I think, you know, they got a lot back for it. I was kind of... I kind of thought it would have taken a little longer because I, I just feel like the closer you get to the draft, usually the more you can get back. Mm-hmm. So I was a little shocked for it to go off as soon as it did. Mm-hmm. But with it going off as early as it did, it it now gives you the opportunity to focus on the free agents that you want to try and bring in. Mm-hmm. You know, with all that cap space they have, with all the money that they they have to spend on free agency you should and and like you said we'll talk about the guys that they've already picked up but you should be able to help a couple different positions i would have liked to seen them start off on the o and d line mm-hmm. but you know Poles seems to be working backwards, starting mm. to say it's cornerbacks, yep. linebackers, work his way up mm. to D-line. But I'm interested to see what else he has because, you know, moving back to the ninth pick, now it changes your options as far as what you're able to get out of the draft. I mean, I know it's a heavy D-line type draft, but, you know, there, there are going to be some guys – at nine, who mm-hmm. get pushed back, depending on who needs quarterbacks. You know, this, it happens every year. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see who falls back to yeah. nine. Yeah, it's just the Bears are an extremely interesting team right now. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, like Kat said, it's like they're building a seven-on-seven team right now. Like, I'm waiting for the lineman. Right? But you know it's coming. I mean, they got right, ten right, picks. Right. Uh, they got all this money now. Um a lot of the so-called good players are gone in free agency, right? Orlando Brown is still there. Uh, I think the tackle from Atlanta is still there. The draft is still there. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of a – for this year's draft at O-line where they are number nine, that's kind of a sweet spot, yeah. you know, right? And you're you're thinking that's what they're thinking. But I, I don't know, guys. My first reaction after the I saw free agency, I, the trade was – makes sense, right? I mean, right. If, if you think Fields is your guy, the trade makes sense, right? right? And even if – I guess even if Fields is not, because you have two ones next yeah, year now, exactly, it, it, you kind of have a bumper there. It's, it's just kind of Pose has to rebuild this whole thing, mm-hmm. right? And, and and it takes you know I'm gosh I was on CHGO last year before they fired me for unknown reasons, <laughs> 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 but I was on and I was they they drafted they drafted cornerbacks last year, right? And it's like again, yeah. you know. Gosh, Tremaine Edmonds is a stud, oh, but he's a beast. But he's a middle linebacker, yeah. right? It's, there's no one in front of him right now, right? I mean, they they, they got this mm-hmm. Walker from Tennessee, um, kind of a rotational guy. He looks like to me when I turn the film on. He doesn't look dominant by any mm-hmm. means. So mm-hmm. we're still waiting, you know, for us guys in here, even J Mac included. We're still waiting for the Hawks. We're waiting for the big guys. Right. Where, 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 where are they at? And we know, we know there's 10 picks and we know there's more money. And, uh, McGlinchey ends up in Denver and, uh, uh, Jawan Taylor ends up in Kansas City and, and we'll see. But, but there's still a lot to happen, Jay. Yeah, it's a lot. And I think, you know, with Pose, he's sticking to what he said the whole time. He wants to make sure that he builds this thing for sustained success. So he's not going to overspend on guys, regardless of, you know, in free agency, he's not going to overspend on guys. We saw that. You see those guys you mentioned going other places, uh, they got top dollars. So he's not overspending. But, 
you know, even with him getting the future picks, and, and you mentioned it, brother, oh, in terms of Justin Fields, if he doesn't pan out, like you said, you have a buffer there, so you have some flexibility next year to possibly draft a quarterback if Justin Field doesn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he's gonna, you know, I, I'm I'm gonna trust what he's done. I like what he's what he's done so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like you said, you know, everything starts up front, offense, defense, line. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts up front. Seven and, on seven champs right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> seven yeah, right. on seven. Right. Right. Like, I'm gonna start with the receivers first. Right. Then I'm gonna go yeah. inside and and you know that's like you know offensively when, you, when you're drawing up a scheme or you're drawing up a play. You know, you start with the protection first. <laughs> you, you don't. Yes. You don't. You don't start. You don't drop yeah. the route concept first. Well, right. some guys do. I ain't gonna mention no names. <laughs> <laughs> We've but all dealt with them. Yeah. But the good ones, and I'm yeah. uh, the good ones. You start with the protection first, mm-hmm. and then you drop your your route concepts, stuff like that. So, like you said, let's see if we, you know, get some get some alignment in here, some hogs and some D linemen, some guys that can get to the quarterback because mm-hmm. I think last year the Bears totaled twenty sacks. You know, what have we done to address that? Yeah. Well, I, th- I think the interesting thing is Poles has made these decisions. He got rid of Roquan Smith, got rid of Quinn, got them to the position where they could get that first-round pick, traded to pick. Now you have the capital for it. Mm-hmm. But we still won't know a lot about Poles till about two or three years from now mm-hmm. to see whether or not yeah. these guys True. pan out, mm-hmm. to see whether or not <clears throat> um, you know that scouting department that he's put together – Actually knows what they're doing, mm-hmm. and, and we're we're waiting for them to fix the lines. And like J Max said, I mean, you understand the path they're on, right? I mean, yeah. um, it's always interesting when you people talk about man, the Broncos paid McGlinchey that, or they you know the Chiefs played Taylor that. That that's that's the market, right? right? The mm-hmm. market always changes, mm-hmm. right? And and, and, and you're mm-hmm. you're right. Like if Pose them don't think he's the guy then they shouldn't sign them, but these guys don't grow on trees, right? right? Like eventually, my, my only problem is wait too long for that front, right? That offensive line, that defensive line, fill it in draft guys. We're waiting another year on fields then, right? Yeah. Like, yes. like that, that's position. right. Yeah, that's, this is what position. I, kind of what I worry about a little bit. You understand taking your time, building it right, character guys, um, Tremaine Edmonds talked to Bob Babbage last night. Bob Babbage coached him his rookie year. Now his son, Bobby Babbage, is Tremaine. He said he couldn't mm. – what do you expect when you turn Tremaine Edmonds' film on? He couldn't say enough good things about this guy. This guy's a monster, right? No linebacker's a monster without the D-line. Right. Exactly. I, but here's the thing. <laughs> we'll say that here. Other people will say it. We know they know that. Ian Cunningham and Ryan Pose and the guys at Hallis Hall, they all know mm-hmm. they got to build that O and D-line. I'm just waiting on the plan. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be and it's going to be interesting to see what route they take with that D-line too because you know being here in Chicago you've seen your Tommy Harris mm-hmm. type of defensive lineman and you've also seen your Keith Trailer and Ted Washington types. Yeah. You know. Well they're going they're going to go Tampa too, right? They're going to go yeah. one gap. That's Eberflus, yeah. right? And then um Travis Smith is the D-line coach. He's a Rod Marinelli protege. Okay. So we know what they're looking for, yeah, right? Yeah. Like we know, and that was one interesting, interesting thing that Bob Babbage told me. He said, Olin, Tremaine Edmonds has been learning the fundamentals of the cover two one gap system since his rookie year. He mm-hmm. said, I taught it to him. Mm-hmm. So he has no, like when he gets here, he hits the ground running. Right. Yeah. The concepts, the coverage concepts, they're all, he, this is what he's been learning that because Babbage is from the same tree. Yep. Right. So this guy, there's a reason they went out and got him. 
right? Like he fits the system perfectly. Now his on the ball production. Right? Remember what they said about Roquan? They didn't pay Roquan because he didn't force fumbles or cause interceptions or get interceptions. Mm-hmm. Same thing for Tremaine Edmonds, right? So right. eventually, you pay a guy that much money, you want a little more. Productivity. Productivity yeah. in that area. Yeah. Right? I mean, he's still yeah. a freak. He's fun to watch. I mean, right. we turn his film on, you're like, gosh, yeah. man. Why? Yeah. Like, I don't know what you thought, Jay, but I was like. Yeah, he's a monster. Why did they let him go? He's, yeah, he's, he's all, you know his what I mean? is ridiculous. But, but people told me only it was just salary cap. Yeah. Like, they said they love him there. Because that's the first thing you're thinking, right? If this guy is 24, he got in a league at 19. Yeah. If this guy's 24 and he's that good, why'd he leave the building? It, and you look at it too, and you make a great point. You look at it, okay? His production, right, has been basically tackles. He makes a lot of tackles, right? Makes a lot of tackles. A lot of you're supposed to a linebacker, right? But but what have we seen here in the past from the past linebackers that we've seen, especially guys we played with? They get takeaways. Yeah, Lance Briggs, he's gonna get, he's gonna force a fumble, he's gonna get a pick, or like he's gonna get a pick, he's gonna get takeaways. Yeah. You want yeah. takeaways? What is what is Flus's principle on defense? What was Lovey's principle in that, in that Tampa too? They want takeaways. Mm-hmm. They want takeaways, and that's they something preach it, they practice. They preach it, it you they, practice yeah. it, but now you've got to take what you preach in your practice, and now you've got to take that to the game. Right. Can you put that into right. effect? Yeah, and that's and, and like and another thing too. You talk about defensive line, right? Cat, you mentioned Tommy Harris. What did Lovey do when he first came here? They drafted Tommy Harris. They drafted Tank Johnson. They drafted guys that that fit their scheme. And remember, guys that fit their scheme. The first thing he did was trade for Adewale Agunle. Exactly. Yeah, he got himself a pass rush. Trading books. So, so like you're saying, like, like just just the way you just said they built that D line. Yes. Like Pose has an opportunity to build to build it the same way. Build it right, and and then the offensive line was. Basically built through free agency at that time, and you know we, we had a two year pretty good run, right? Two thousand five, two thousand six. Pose wants to build something that be- better than that, yeah. right? We want to last long. So, so you're giving the patience, right? You're giving mm-hmm. like the okay, like the wait and see. And Tremaine Ed- Edmonds is a good signing. Nate Davis, um, the the guard from uh, the Titans, you know, solid young player, right? Yeah. Solid young. When you watch him. Uh, uh, a little baffled by it because we're not trying to prove the run game. We had the number one run game in the mm-hmm. NFL. Mm-hmm. But good young player, though. I mean, you got to take what's there, I guess, Cap. But just kind of your thoughts on them signing Nate Davis uh, from the Titans. A good run blocker, uh, strong. He can anchor. Struggles a little bit in pass pro. I, I think the, the the one thing is he's a player that has only played right guard. Mm-hmm. So... Is it a situation where they're going to try and move him from either to left guard or you can't move him out? I don't think you can move him out to a tackle, but do you try and move him to left guard? What does that say to the players in the locker room? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. is is he coming in as a replacement for a white hair, mm-hmm. you know, who could be mm-hmm. a cap casualty mm-hmm. when it all, when it all comes together? Is, is he in there for, um, uh, what's the big young kid? Uh, Tevin Jenkins. Tevin, Tevin Jenkins. Jenkins. Yeah, Tevin. You know what I mean? Could he, could they talk about, be talking about moving Tevin back out to tackle? You know, they talk about the things that hampered Tevin a little bit last year as mm-hmm. far as, not being on the field in certain mm. situations, mm. you know, is it is it a mental thing that he'll get over, or is it something that they feel as though, look, you know, we we start we need to secure this spot, and we're not sure you're the guy to secure it right now. Mm. You know, mm. I, I'm I'm like you, 
I think that I thought that, you know, pass protectors would be a little higher on their list mm-hmm. because of what they need to get out of fields. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we have to see how this one pans out. Because, I mean, he'll he'll fit in there. Yeah. But, I mean. Yeah, Coach Morgan, they, they all must have liked him when they watched him, yeah. right? And just uh, good youngs. But, but I always say the contract tells you it should tell the fan and everybody watching what you're getting. Right. And, and, and as crazy as this sounds, 10 million a year nowadays, like Lindstrom for the Falcons signed for 21 a year. Right. right? So you're getting yourself a solid, mm-hmm. a solid young player. Yeah. A, a hopefully an ascending player. Someone who's going to get better right. as he, while he's here. It, it's, it's pretty simple to me. The Bears, Coach Flues is a linebacker coach. Their O-line and D-line, they have to build it the same way they just built their linebacker room. It's pretty simple. You need a blue chip, somebody you got to give $18 million yeah. plus a year to, yeah. right? Yeah. $60 million guaranteed. You need yeah. some. You need, you need a monster at these, like, premium positions, right? And that's kind of a little bit of the uncomfortable thing of paying a linebacker, right? Like, he's not a left tackle. It's not a cornerback. It's not a quarterback. It's not one of these pre-pass rusher. Um, I love Tremaine Edmonds. Who doesn't? But the offensive line and the defensive line, that's what we left the season yeah. thinking, right? They So, the, so they, they go get Tremaine Edmonds, and then they sign T.J. Edwards, Illinois guy, right? Mm-hmm. They need to build the O-line and D-line the same way, yeah. right? Good football player, but the blue chip. We need the blue chip. Look at, yeah. look at, look at the 49ers, right? Yeah. Why have they been every year one of the teams that always make noise? Always make noise, right? Because look at their D line. Look what they just signed. You know, they, he just he just keeps adding. <laughs> right. I mean, it's unfair. It's it like, is, man. It's like man. And so, like, Bo, stop, so like, hold stop. on, a Bosa and Hargrave, like yeah, come on, like uh, that te. I don't want to deal with that te. Right. I don't. But but you see, like he builds it up, right? Yeah. And then it's like, man, you know what? We'll insert any quarterback. Garoppolo, Purdy, it doesn't matter. Trent Williams, premium position. Boy, they got yeah, yep. They got Trent. You know what I'm saying? But. He's he's building it through the offensive defensive line. Like he he, and he keeps adding to it, regardless of who he is. All right, let's go get Hargrave. Who cares? Let's go get him. Nobody's gonna pay him. We're gonna pay him. Yeah. We're gonna right. pay him because we gotta get after the quarterback. We gotta stop the run. Right? If we can do that, it gives us it gives and if our offense can manufacture enough points, we give ourselves a chance. I mean I, I got my popcorn, man. I got my popcorn and I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the lineman to show up. You know what I mean? Let me, like, let me see if we sign yeah. one. You <laughs> know what I mean, Chad? Because I don't like. I, I guess my reaction yesterday was like, hmm. you know, like, like yeah, I mean, gosh, who doesn't like watching Tremaine Adams play? I mean, when you play cover two with a six-five middle linebacker, you're not playing cover right. two. You play a different. Lack was like that. Right. You know, we used to tell yeah. Lovey like you're playing cover Erlacher. Like that's right. not cover Man. two. You know, right? Man. The middle of that field. Uh, just changes from what uh, J Mac mentioned. Ryan Pose mentioned at the combine the kind of character guys they're looking for. They're going to build mm-hmm. the right way. Uh, Coach Bob Babbage told me that Tremaine Edmonds is that guy. Can't get him out of the weight room. His dad was an NFL player. His brothers are NFL players. Yep. He just he comes from the right kind of family. You know what I mean? Good, and uh, Kendrick Green, I was talking to him. He's a Steelers offensive lineman, plays with the brother. But he told me he goes, "Oh, and the dad is huge." 
I guess just genetics. Genetic. Somewhere, some street coach is saying he made your Mary Edmonds. He did it. He, it he right. did it. He, <laughs> he was born that way. You know what I mean? Stop taking right. credit. Right. Uh, I was so yeah. babbage like babbage. You had Earl Ackert Edmonds. That wasn't you. And you just had these two monsters. <laughs> it's good to talk to Coach Bob Babbage, oh, man. man. But um, just when I look at this Bears team, there's so much optimism. There's so much hope. Um, it seems like they're doing it the right way. It's just now the work starts, man. The drafting players, the developing mm-hmm. players, they're putting the right players in your system, in the building. The thing, Kat, I want to ask you about, and Jay Mack about, was like where it takes so long to build culture. When we talk about culture and, and, and having old heads in your locker room, they used to call them. I was never one. I was always young. But um, <laughs> when you have those guys, right, the guys who set the temple every day, mm-hmm. the guys who make sure like, hey, hey, it's not how we do things here. Yep. Right? The Bears locker room. That. Yes. They don't have that. Yeah, they don't. Right. Right. So realistically, like what 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 are we looking at here? Like how long are we looking at before they're in the playoffs? I guess it depends on fields. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it depends on fields, but that's that's gonna take some time. Mm. I mean I think of when I walked into that locker room when I came to the Bears in 91 and all the veteran leadership that was in there. And it it just kind of seemed to maintain. But now, you know, they're going to be going into a season where where it looks like they might not have a guy over 28 on the squad. You know what I mean? So I don't know who teaches them the the ways of the locker room you know do they have to make it up on their own as they go along yeah they do or right and that's what i'm wondering about yeah, who's going to be but, that yeah. that alpha to set the set the tone yeah the but i also thought they would go out and get somebody from indie that was an older guy to come into that locker room and kind of be eberflus sounding board mm-hmm. you I know like what it. i mean yeah, I and, like and they haven't done that yeah. So I, like I, I don't know where that that veteran leadership comes from, or or are you okay just having a bunch of young knuckleheads yeah, running imagine, around? Oh man, stirring. I, I, I know, <laughs> I man. So so if we look at that team, Jalen Johnson, right? He's kind of an mm-hmm. older now. Cody Whitehair is still if he's still there, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, Safety. Eddie Jackson. Uh, Eddie, Jackson. Eddie Jackson. Eddie. 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 Okay. Eddie like the yeah. Yeah, that's right? about it, man. Yeah, that's about. But I mean, like when you and we're not in that locker room, so it's hard. I don't. It's hard to really comment on it with with us not being in there. But I can go back to when our locker room when you when you when you were a rookie or a young player coming in, right? You knew off day one who the tone setters were in that locker room. Nobody had to explain it. There was action shown on a daily basis. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you knew that. Right. You know, you can just walk out the walkthrough late. Because somebody was going to crush you, you know what I'm saying? Or, or multiple people was going to crush you. You couldn't skip lifts and, and do certain things, you know what I mean? Because that that display of leadership, that display of culture w- was shown on a daily basis. Like we're talking about who is that that leader, that alpha male in that locker room that's going to uphold that standard and that culture on a daily basis? Because it's, it's a living thing. It's something that's got to be addressed every single day. I like the way you said that. It's a living thing because it's Coach hard to explain. Thing. It's right? a living it's thing, thing, man. And, and like you're saying, J-Mac, like the guy sitting across from me when I got here, when I was a young player, like I just watched him. 
Yeah. Right? Like I watch Big Cat and I learn like how to be a pro, how to study my plays, you know, learn like yeah. but there but that is a part of it. You have to learn from someone learn. no matter how much talent you have. You have to learn how to be a pro. You ha- like there's a difference between being talented and winning football games. That's something yeah. that took me a long yes. time to learn. Yeah. Right? And but all I'm saying it, it doesn't mean they don't have any guys. I just from the outside looking in it's a question for me. And before I keep going, I want to say on the No Name Football Podcast, we will have Matt Bowen. Uh, and no one knows more about free agency. That's why we get guys like that because uh, we don't want to do all the chemistry work. We don't want to do all the studying of these guys. And Matt Bowen will tell us. You know, and then we'll, we'll steal all his thoughts and, act, and make them our own. Because that's radio. Right? That's what you do. But um, finishing up on that thought real fast, if you guys have anything else, I just, um, it's a big missing piece. And then, Excited about Kevin Warren coming in as the president. I think people don't understand how important that guy that guy is to setting the tempo every day. So he sets the tempo, then Poe sets the tempo, then Ian Cunningham, then Coach Flues, yep. then the team follows. But then you got to have guys in that locker room who yeah. who are showing you the way, right? Like when people tell me, Olin, the Bears could be like the Eagles, where Hurts takes a jump, right? Mm-hmm. I look in the Eagles locker room. I see Jason Kelsey. Right, yeah. I see Lane Johnson. See I see Fletcher Cox. Cox. Yeah. I see guys who've been there for yes. 10, 12, 13 yes. years. I see guys who can – I just yes. – it, it's going to be an interesting as they build this thing and as I keep looking and say to myself, how long is this going to take? Yeah. Yeah. Who, 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 who's the person that settles down when animosity starts? Mm-hmm. Because that's one thing you get when you get a bunch of young guys together. You get a little more animosity because there's no – Everybody wants their piece of the pie. There's no right. pecking order. Right. Right. Yeah. right. right. No respect. Yeah. Yes. Like there's yes. something yes. to do you, you respect, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and you have to, you know, guys have to have the type of character where you have to be okay with not being the star. Some guys have roles. A lot of guys have roles. roles you got to be, yeah. you got to accept being a role player. You know, you've got to accept taking a, a back seat, so to speak. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that receiver room now, you know, Mooney, you were a number one last year. You ain't going to be a number one this year. DJ Moore is a number one. He's going to ele- elevate the play of you, Claypool, Komet. He's going to open up things for you guys. Do you have that that character and that personality to say, you know what, I've got to take a back seat? Do they have guys like that that are willing to do that to sacrifice for the betterment of the team? You I'm, need those guys. I'm interested to ask Bowen, Matt Bowen what tier he considers DJ Moore, right? Like, like is this a Tariq Hill, Devontae Adams tier? Like, because hmm. – that's the kind of guy we need, yeah. right? I mean, I know he's good. I yeah. I, I know the guy's a good football right. player. Yeah. I know that. Right. Um, it's just kind of we'll, we'll see. Well, because mm. because you know AJ Brown, like that's the kind of guy Phil. If we're gonna see what Fields is, right? This is the kind of guy he needs. Yeah. Is, is he an AJ Brown type? Right. Well, where where does where does uh, uh, Matt see him? It's kind of mm. what I'm saying. You see, what I'm saying like I know he's a good football player, uh, but it just seems to me like the Bears have a lot of good football players, right? Jermaine Edmonds is probably the only guy I would say. Is a blue chipper. Well, now, now listen, now, uh, uh, Eddie, Jalen Johnson, Brisker in the back, Kyler Gordon, um, that's a good group, right? That's a good group. They're, like I said, uh, they're, they're a seven-on-seven seven built team right now. Mm-hmm. I'll take them right. anywhere. Mm-hmm. And could be in a seven-on-seven seven tournament right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially if it's flag football, because I don't know who's grabbing fields is flag, right? Yeah. So I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, uh, Mooney, uh, uh, Cole Komet, Khalil Herbert, we'll see what they do at Montgomery. Um, that offensive line, how does that all shake out? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot left to be done this year. A lot mm-hmm. left to see uh, wh- what they're gonna do. Again, 
with the big guys. And see, that, that, that's an interesting thought that you bring up when you talk about Moore coming in. If Moore goes to another team, is he an exceptional number two or is he a number one depending on where you go? I, I can't say I've watched enough of him right. yet. I just right. don't know if he is that guy who we like – Everyone said Justin Fields needs his A.J. Brown. Mm-hmm. Like Justin Fields needs his Devontae right. Adams. Justin Fields needs There's his Tyreek Hill. Guy, right. yeah. I don't, is, is he that guy? Right. Right? And then, um, is like, where is the pass protection they said they lacked last year? Where's that going to come from? Right? Again, so it just seems like to me, even though they made all these moves, I don't know if we were not in the same spot. Right. right. I mean, I'm positive. I know I got 10 picks. I know I got yeah. guys to develop. I know I got all these number one picks. I just, until you see them, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, uh, anyway, we got uh, Matt Bowen about to join us to talk free agency and everything that's been going on in the NFL. Looking for a taste of the islands? Look no further than No Foods. That's NOH Foods of Hawaii. No Foods was developed to reflect the many international cultures and races of the islands. Hawaiian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Portuguese, Filipino, and more. Known for the wide variety of delicious seasoning and sauces. The products of No Foods can make anyone a master chef in their own kitchen. Easy to prepare and delicious in flavor are the hallmarks of No Foods. Again, that's NOH of Hawaii. This is like Chinese beef broccoli, Korean barbecue, Filipino adobo, Hawaiian kalua pork, and many, many more. Don't forget about the refreshing and very popular Hawaiian iced tea, sweetened with raw cane sugar and just the right touch of lemon. You can find NOH Foods online at Amazon.com and NOHfoods.com, also in many stores and supermarkets. As we say in the islands, say yes to no. Aloha. We got a special guest who always enjoys time here on the pod. He does a lot of things, especially with football. NFL writer and analyst for ESPN. He's a defensive back coach for the state champ IC Catholic football program. Seven-year NFL veteran, Iowa Hawkeye alum. Our guy, Mr. Matt Bowen. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, guys. What's going on? You know, Matt, as interesting as free agency is, let's start with the IC Catholic off-season program, man. Yeah. How's that weight room work going? I see, I see some power cleans on your, uh, yeah. on your Twitter. How, how's the kids doing? They do, I see they they put it in the work. Yeah, they are. Yeah, this is a great group of kids, and our strength program is really developed over the last couple of years. Just having the right guys in the weight room to work with the kids. Uh, we lift early in the morning. We lift at six a.m. So um, it's a lot. You're asking a lot of student-athletes to lift weights, go to school all day, and then a lot of our kids are multiple-sport athletes. They go to their spring or winter and then their spring sports in the afternoon and compete and then come home and do your homework. So it's a lot. It's demanding, but I've always said I believe that's where you start to build a football team is in the offseason, the weight room. One, getting there, putting your feet in the ground to get out of bed, and also being able to work in there. And we do do a lot in terms of, our core lifts and really focus on our core lifts in, in the weight room, whether it's the cleans, the front squats, the deadlifts, uh, trying to, you know, help players become more functional movers, better functional athletes. And I think we've seen 
over the last couple of years and how we changed our weight program, this just does translate to the football field, and that's what you want. Now, when you say you changed the weight program, what do you mean by that, Matt? Um, just our total plan. And, and in terms of the core lifts we were doing, how often we're doing the core lifts, um, just uh, really the breakdown of the weight room and how we reorganize the weight room to make it more functional, to have more room. We don't have a lot of room at IC. Um, to be able to, all to make more room in the weight room, make that function, and also transition out to the gym, the gym area for our stretching, our speed work, our mobility work. And I think, you know, we put that all together to make it a more functional movement program in terms of just trying to develop size and mass. It's just to, be- to build, you know, a more modern athlete in the weight room. And I think that's really helped us in terms of the player growth and development there. Yeah, man, I also want to give a shout-out to the Elmhurst Bears. I know you're a part of that youth program, man. And, uh, I had, He's I had, the old-line coach here, now. Yeah, He's the old-line coach. I had an opportunity a couple weekends ago to march in the in the St. Patrick's Day Parade out there, and, man, it was it was amazing. A lot of great kids. I mean, they got like 500 yeah. kids in their program. Yeah, really? They're, I mean, big kids, respectful. Yeah. I had a blast, man, and I know a lot of those kids will go on to – to join that IC Catholic program. So, you know, your futures, your, your programs obviously are going to be always be headed in the right direction with those kids being a part of that program. But I wanted to give them a shout out, man. I had a blast. Were you dressed like a leopard? I had, I had my, man, it was St. Patrick's Day, man. <laughs> I, had my, I had my hat on, cat, <laughs> had my jacket on, man. I was, it was for the kids, man. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, I was was out. <laughs> star, yeah. I'm telling you right now, J-Mac was the star of the break. It was, it was funny, man. man. I got from our president uh, who runs Elmhurst Bears, all excited, called me up. So we got J Max from the parade. Man, he was the star. He was the star. But it was, just, you know, J Max. I got to thank you for that. That was big for our kids to see a pro football player, especially someone who played for the Chicago Bears. That was fantastic. And everyone man. loved it. Those kids loved it. They really did. And that's, that's important cool. to our program. Cool. And, yeah. I'm, I'm going like to bring Olin like, and, and Kat with me next time, man. We got, <laughs> oh, we got guys, over 15,000 people that. at that parade. That's that awesome, nuts. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, it's a big parade. It's on uh, you know, south side of Elmhurst every year. That's a big, big St. Patrick's Day parade. and uh, That means a lot, J-Mac. I, I, I can't thank you enough for doing that because kids need to see that stuff. They, you know, they, they, they want to see that stuff. They want to be excited, and, and you really help there. And It's a great program. we got a good thing going there. And I've coached for three years now at the youth level. Um, and I coach my son's team, so the 13-year team this year. And like Owen said, I do work with the O-line after teaching combo box, working <laughs> on the seven-man sled, and uh, it's been a blast for me. Nothing better, man. And, and, and I can attest to the fact that no one does more for the kids in the community than J-Max. So uh, it's unbelievable. But we'll, we'll move to the why we got you on, mm-hmm. uh, Matt. We know you know everything about free agency and all your breakdowns. Yeah. And uh, we'll start with the Chicago Bears. They're building the yep. best seven-on-seven team in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> just just kind of what you think about, uh, you know, first of all, we were, we were kind of talking here before we had you on, uh, what tier – would you have DJ Moore as far as the top wide receivers right. in the league? Would it be like AJ Brown, Devonte Adams, or maybe just below? I think it's just below Owen. Gotcha. I, I think there's there's ways to look at it. And pro teams, how they grade, they grade you know a blue level, so blue chip player. That's the top level. That would be you know AJ Brown, Devonte Adams, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson. The red level is just below that. And that's really to me that's the number one wide receiver in that second tier. And that's where I'd put DJ Moore. Mm. Uh, look, I think DJ Moore is a really 
really strong addition to this football team because of the type of receiver he is. Yes, he's a route runner. Yes, he can stretch you at the third level of the field. And he's got ball tracking ability down the field. But when he's at his best, in my opinion, based on the tape in Carolina and how I anticipate he'll be deployed in Chicago, middle of the field targets the quarterback, Justin Fields. You know, the, the deep crosses, the deep overs, the, the end breakers, the slant, the shallow drive route. Because he is excellent after the catch. There was a very physical player, six foot two ten. He's a great ball carrier vision. Now, what does that mean? What, when I use ball carrier vision, guys, that's someone that has a nuance or a feel to play in space. And he's slippery in the open field. He will drop his pads in the open field. And what we we're talking about here is very high percentage throws for Justin Fields. And that's what you want. You want him to see it fast out of the pocket, scheme it up for him, and get players loose in the middle of the field so they can create on those high percentage throws. And also with DJ Moore, you can scheme for him. I use the term manufactured touches. What I mean by that is wide receiver screens, the fly sweeps, releasing him out of multiple alignments. He can play Z, X, or slot. And I think that really kind of, and you look at the, you know, the complete wide receiver room now with DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, who you want to see, obviously, more production from this year. And Darnell Mooney is your vertical stretch option. Now you have three targets that I think can be deployed in multiple ways that can really upgrade your pass game. And now, you're, now it's under quarterback, right? Mm. Now it's under quarterback to steer fast in the pocket and deliver the football because he has some targets that can make plays for them. Is more a guy that can help make Mooney and Claypool better? I mean, I know we haven't seen a lot out of Claypool and right. we're, we're – you know, the thought is that during this offseason, they're going to all be able to get together and get this thing on track. But is is he the guy that's going to be – are they going to be that one, two, three, as simple as that? I think they can be big yet. You know, if, if you think about it this way, Chase Claypool has, you know, rare physical tools to the position because of his height, weight, and speed and because of the frame he has in the second, third level of the field. He can be moved, though. He can play as your backside boundary target. He can play as a, as a power slot inside. And with Mooney now, you have someone that's a clear out option over the top, your deep ball option over the top, your scheme vertical option over the top. You can also win isolation routes. We've seen it. Run the deep curl, run the deep comeback. He creates separation because he's got that build-up speed that's going to force defensive backs. He's a little nervous. Starts to panic a little bit. That's when they open a run. Cushion is gone. Now you can you know, break back downhill to the football. I think the three of them together, because they have different skill sets, right? They have different skill sets. So it's going to be on the Bears and their coaching staff to really game plan for those skill sets. Because we all know this team has to be much more explosive in the passing game. You have to. That's how the game is played today, in my opinion. I'll never say that running, running the football is not important, because I believe strongly in the run game. But you have to have the ability to create those explosive plays down the field to compete against these NFL offenses. And now the Bears have some of the pieces to do that. But we know, like Owen said, seven on seven teams. So it starts up front. Still a lot of work to do up front on both sides of the football. Hey, right? I was going to say, Matt, if, if, if you were going to say that running the ball wasn't important with two old linemen and a fullback, it might have been the last time on a no-name football podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe in running the ball. There's yeah. no question. Yeah. It, look, and that's the other thing. I said you got to have explosive playability. We all know late in the season, especially in, in the postseason, if you can't run the ball and you can't stop the run, you're going home. 
Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. But the ability to have those chunk plays, big plays down the field, that changes how defenses prepare for you, right? And look, what, you would love nothing more from Chicago Bears' perspective. You can force teams to play split safety coverage against you, right? To play cover two, to play quarters, to play quarter, quarter, half. Because that's going to open up the run front for you as well. Mm-hmm. But you have that now more. If you can increase that passing game, you're adding tools to that passing game, and you're adding that explosive play ability. That's a very positive thing. Yeah, man, I don't want to go on the defensive side of the ball. Bears signed two linebackers, but I want to talk about um, T.J. Edwards in particular. Local local kid went to Lakes High School. Uh, what are the Bears getting in him and your evaluation of uh, T.J. Edwards? I had T.J. Edwards ranked pretty high. I did like a top 100 um, free agents for ESPN. I had T.J. Edwards at number 33 overall. Mm-hmm. And the reason I did is because a couple of things. One, you have to start with the run game as a, as a linebacker, right? I use the term key and diagnose. All that means he, he can see it fast, right? He can see the guard pull. He can play off a combo block. He can take cutoff and force angles, clean angles to the ball. And he's a strong tackle. I think he plays much faster than what his time speed was coming out of college. And he's a different player since he was in college. And what he did this year that I think really increased his free agent profile is the ability to play to depth. But what I mean by that as a linebacker position is someone that can get to 10 to 12 yards in a hurry and settle their feet and be in position to drive top down the football. When you get that from a linebacker, now you have someone that can close throwing with that can drive in the ball, that can create some on-the-ball production, that can get their hands in the football. And he did that last year for Philadelphia. Now I'm seeing Philadelphia is playing behind, in my opinion, the best defensive line in football, maybe the best defensive line we've seen for a couple of years in the NFL. And he did get opportunities to run clean to the ball. But I do believe he can stack and shed in playoff blocks. And he's a really solid pro football player. And I think that's reflecting the type of deal he got. You know, much different deal than Tremaine Edmonds got, which we're going to talk about in a minute. But that deal reflects what he is as a solid pro football player, a physical player, and someone that fills a role that Matt Eberflus and that coaching staff identified by signing him to this roster. Well, let's do it, man. Let's talk about the blue chip guy they got. You know, we were talking earlier, that's kind of the way you're hoping to build the offensive and defensive line, right? Get yourself an Edwards, get yourself a blue chip uh, guy. But when you turn on Jermaine Edmonds' film, I'm sure that you love what you see when you watch this guy play football. I do, and the NFL does, Nolan. And I think that's reflective of the the contract he got. Um, You know, I had Jermaine Edmonds the number 11 overall in my top 100 ranking. He's only going to be 25 years old at the start of the season. That's another thing. He's just entering his prime playing career. His availability is a big thing. He plays a lot of football games. He's played a lot of football already for Buffalo. And I think he's still an ascending player with the high-end physical tool, the high-end physical trait. He's 6'5", 250. He's got sideline-to-sideline pursuit speed. You see downhill acceleration from him in the run game. When he sees it, he goes, and he can cut off the football on the edge. And this year, much more on-the-ball production, like we're talking about with Edmonds. But with Edmonds, who played in a system that's not much different in Buffalo that you see here in Chicago. It's a zone-based system in Buffalo, split safety, where you have to drop as a hook to curl defender. You have to match and carry up the seam, which he did. He can run with, with tight ends and slot receivers down the seam and cushion them and help your safeties out. 
And I think he's a disruptive playmaker in that defense. Now, the question is, for you guys, and I don't know if this has been announced yet, but is it Edwards playing Mike and Edmonds playing Will? That's what I would assume, but Edmonds did play Mike in Buffalo. But, he, look, he has the skill set to play both spots. And I think what you're looking at here, let's sign the player, let's get the physical tools and traits, and then we'll place him in our system where we think he can create the most on-the-ball production and most disruptive play. He looks like a Will linebacker. Yeah. I mean, just the, the length mm-hmm. and the size and the, you know, you, you watch him, you watch him at middle linebacker. You're like, damn, that's a long ass middle linebacker. You know, it's kind of like he used to do with Lurlacher. Yeah. But he looks like an outside linebacker. Well, I think that's where he can play. I mean, in, in this defense, that Will linebacker. And <clears throat> look, you guys play with some of the best linebackers of all time in, in Urlacher and Briggs and the impact they had. Uh, on your guys' defense. So um, that's a key position. That's a key position. Now you're still missing some of the premium positions. You know, you still need an edge rusher. You still need a three technique. I think the Bears still need to add depth and talent at the cornerback position. Um, But they are making moves that fit what they want to do on both sides of the ball from a schematic perspective and what type of football team they want to be and how they can tactically create advantages against opponents. Yeah, man, that's what I want to ask you, too. Bears sitting at number nine now uh, after the trade. What, what, Who would you draft if you, if you had that GM hat on? What position group would you go with? Obviously, offensive defensive line is a need. Where would you go? Because there are going to be a lot of options available at that number nine spot. I think the first thing you have to discuss is, is someone going to slide in this draft? Because I think the way the draft could break, it could play out, okay? And is that we know Carolina moves up to number one, right? They moved up to number one for a quarterback. I think Houston's going to draft a quarterback. But someone move up to number three with Arizona and trade out with Arizona and draft a quarterback. Is Indy going to draft a quarterback at four? You know, there could be mm-hmm. uh, a big-time run on quarterback. We're just going to push players down. No, I don't think Will Anderson's going to make it to nine. The defensive end, outside linebacker from Alabama. Jalen Carter could slide a little bit. It'd be interesting to see what the Bears want to do at number nine if Jalen Carter's in the portal. Because we're just looking at straight football talent and what you see on film with Jalen Carter. He could be labeled as the best overall talent in this draft class. And that is your three technique for Matt even through his defense. But depending on what they do here in free agency, because they didn't get one of the top tackles as of now. Orlando Brown is still available in Kansas City. But they didn't get McGlinchey. And I thought that was a player they were going to you know, possibly – have an opportunity to get. They didn't get Jawan Taylor from Jacksonville. Do the Bears go offensive tackle at number nine? Mm. And I think if you're a Bears fan, they go offensive tackle at number nine. You have to be happy with that. I think it's the position they need. I think it's a position they need to get much better at. And there's going to be opportunities. Is it Paris Johnson from Ohio State? Is it Skaronsky from Northwestern? Some people project him as a guard, but I think he can play tackle. And those two names are looked for there at number nine overall if the Bears do go offensive tackle. Hey, hey, Matt, what do you think about the the one of offensive linemen that they did pick up, Nate Davis from the Tyson from the uh, Titans? He was a right yeah, guard there. The Go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I had I had uh, Davis ranked pretty high in the thirties, you know, in my my free agent list, and, and I like Nate Davis. Um, I think he's I think he's good in pass protection. I think he's strong, can drop anchor in pass protection to take on power rushes. He's three hundred sixteen pounds. He's a good move. 
Okay, so you think immediately, as you guys can speak to this better than I can, but the ability to reach block or climb and zone run scheme. I think he's strong, can deliver strike on contact. I think this is someone that upgrades immediately. He's only going to be 26 years old at the start of the season. Again, another player you're targeting in free agency who's just entering or playing in their prime, prime years right now. But I think that's a, that's a signing that kind of went under the radar because of the hype that was generated from the two linebackers. Um, and obviously coming off the trade for DJ Moore. But Nate Davis is someone you need on this offensive front. You need to get better on the offensive front. I think we can all agree to that. We can all say that. And when you win three football games in one season, every job is really open, right? Mm-hmm. That's how it works in the NFL. We've all been there. When you're playing a team that has a tough season, you're going to have upgrades. You're going to have a lot of roster turnover. And you're starting to see that with this Bears football team. So they can put them in a position where they can compete. Matt, what is your one or two favorite signings right now Going uh, as NFL free agency kicked off that you really liked uh, the player that matched the team and the scheme? I think you have to start with Javon Hargrave, defensive tackle from Philly who went to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's just another piece of that defensive line in San Francisco that, you know, can take over football games. And how they scheme their fronts in San Francisco. Now, see D'Amico Ryan has moved on to be the head coach of Houston. But this has become, uh, you know, pretty common across the NFL. We're seeing more of these schemes. I call them loaded fronts. Where you're you're creating the one-on-ones you want, right, Owen? Yeah, I mean, you, you were like Hargrave next to Bosa, you mean? Like, that's hell. <laughs> 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 you know? Like the hell, well, who's going to handle that T.E., Matt? <laughs> exactly. And, and they're going to do a lot of that. A lot of yeah. twists and stunts. And then... They're going to get the center to slide. They're going to get Hargrave the one-on-one versus the offensive guard they want to attack. I think it's a great sign because that's a championship-level team, a team that is in a position to contend for a championship. And they added a player who's going to be 30, right? So I know Bears fans wanted Hargrave, but I don't think that really fits the model of what the Bears are at right now because that's someone that's coming off, you know, at the end of their prime playing year where the Bears went much younger. But if you're a team like San Francisco, you can get two to three years of high-level production from Hargrave, and now you've added another piece to make a run in the NFC. I think that's one for me that really stands out in terms of someone that can make an immediate impact for a team that is already set in terms of the total roster. Now you're just bolstering that roster even more. Draymond Jones. Look, I thought the Bears were going to be in on Draymond Jones. And there were reports that they were. They didn't get him. He's a defensive tackle from Denver. Um, who went to Seattle. And I think Draymond Jones is in a, I use the term an ascending player. What I mean by that, someone who's going to be 25 at the start of this season that has shown disruptive upside, that has interior outside flex. So he plays a defensive tackle. He also took a lot of snaps for Denver at defensive end. I think he's got incredible first step quickness off the ball, short area speed. And you're seeing right now in free agency, Guys that can rush the passer, and this hasn't changed. Football hasn't changed in terms of that. But guys who can rush the passer are getting paid, especially interior mm-hmm. players who can rush the passer. So those are two right there that really stand out to me in terms of players that can make an immediate impact. And especially with Draymond Jones in Seattle, they need an interior passer. That's what they really needed for that defensive front. Cam Sutton's another one, and we'll see him twice this year. Cam Sutton was a corner from Pittsburgh. He signed with the Detroit Lions. I thought he had a career year last year, three interceptions, 15 pass breakups. That's a lot of on-the-ball production. Can play outside the boundary, can play inside as a slot corner. 
And I think it's something that gives Detroit um, a versatile player in the secondary. And we know what Detroit, what were they lacking last year? Kind of difference makers on defense. Someone that can make big-time plays on defense, especially in the secondary. And I think Detroit added that with Sutton. And that's a football team. I'm telling you, you watch them on tape and you watch how they're building the identity of the football team. They're getting pretty close. They were close last year to make the dance. And with that coaching staff and their player development, this is another piece to add to that to possibly make a run at the, at the division this year. Make sure you guys follow Matt Bowen on Twitter, Matt Bowen 41. Uh, Matt, you always do a good job of in your evaluation of pro players, college players, prospects coming out. Is there an under the radar prospect um, that nobody's really talking about who the Bears should be looking at in your opinion? You're talking about a free agency? I'm talking about draft uh, coming up in the draft. Is there a prospect who hasn't been, you know, getting a lot of limelight that the Bears may want to consider uh, through your evaluations? Um, you know, I'll start in, in the secondary. I think the Bears can add, uh, you know, at the cornerback position. I don't want to say they're they're underrated, but under the radar. But Cam Smith from South Carolina, the corner. Um, it's someone I'd keep an eye on going through the draft process. That'd be one player that's not going to be talked about like a Devin Witherspoon from Illinois, Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, Joey Porter from Penn State. Those are really right now the projected top corners in the first round of the NFL draft. When you get, you got to understand, the amount of draft capital the Bears picked up in the DJ Moore trade, too, is so valuable for this team this year mm-hmm. because they're going to be able to add more key pieces and especially higher draft picks that should be expected to play. I'm not going to say they're going to play like veterans. We know they're not. It should be expected to contribute at some point. But a corner that I would look at is Cam Smith out of South Carolina, someone that's going to go probably on day two of the draft, maybe can sneak in a day one, probably on day two of the draft, as some of the Bears can target um, as another addition to that secondary because I think they need much more depth, especially at the cornerback position. Well, if they sign one more cornerback before an offensive lineman, Matt, <laughs> we're gonna have a serious. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm we're gonna have a serious Look. problem, Matt. Man, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm with you. Look, Bear, I went into this free agency from looking at it from the Bears' perspective, and the first thing I would say is offense and defensive line. <laughs> you know that that is the the area of this football team that needs to get much stronger, not just in terms of the starters, but in terms of depth. And you look at, we talked about San Francisco, we talked about Philadelphia, the defensive front. Look how deep those two teams are, right? Mm-hmm. And the rotation we have. We all know defensive linemen are going to rotate. But when Philadelphia rotates, there's not much of a drop-off, right? Yeah. They got guys that can rush the pass in four quarters. So it's not just developing that first line, it's developing that second line. Because I think that's really, especially last year when the Bears got exposed a little bit, mm-hmm. when they made some trades, when Robert Quinn was moved, Roquan Smith was moved, and had some injury on the defensive line, you're starting to see, well, that roster depth really starts to get exposed a little bit. So a lot of work to do still. It's not going to happen on day one. It's not going to happen on day two of free agency. But that is still the critical factor for this team being in a position to compete is building up the front on both sides of the ball. Well, I can't wait to – we can all go up there and help Aaron Rodgers pack. 
and get him out to <laughs> hopefully get him out of Green Bay. You know? Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. If Jordan Love turns to a Hall of Fame, I'm gonna riot. Like that's enough for me, man. You know what I mean? If he turns to a Hall of Famer, that is enough. It's setting up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. But hey, Matt, thanks, man. We always appreciate Matt Bowen joining us, NFL writer, analyst at ESPN, uh, former NFL player. We love having him on. Thank you for always taking the time and joining the No Name Football Podcast, Matt. All right, guys. Be good. Thank you so much. Hey, guys. It's Olin Cruz, and I want to tell you about Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Whether it's celebrating a big win or just kicking back after work, adding tequila in Bajador takes every gathering to the next level. The care, quality, and patience put into each and every bottle of tequila in Bajador can be tasted from the first sip to the last. And it's why we're honored to call them our teammates. Go to their website, EmbajadorTequila.com, and use the code kick off 10 and receive your discount on your next purchase of tequila embajador the official tequila of the no name podcast well that does it for our show today on the no name football podcast we thank all of our listeners for listening and supporting us on all the social media platforms make sure you download our podcast we're on all the platforms spotify itunes Whatever your choices, make sure you download it. Make sure you tell your friends and family. Give us a rating if you like. Hopefully, it's a five-star rating, but if not, give us a rating anyway. Uh, we like your uh, feedback and criticism, that uh, things we can improve on upon our show. But before we go, as usual... Man, I want to suit up right now. In the words of the great Mike Brown, you guys keep making plays in life, and we'll keep making these great podcasts for you. We're out, and we'll see you next time, Chicago. Take care. God bless. Mahalo.